You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You are now entering the Pseudo Archaeology Podcast, a show that uncovers what's fact, what's fake, and what's fun in the crazy world of pseudo-archaeology. Hello and welcome to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 124, and tonight, logical fallacies in pseudo-archaeology. When are they not? So, as we sit here, you're like, Kinkella, you're going to tell us about logical fallacies, what those are, how to avoid them, how to use them for your own nefarious needs. I will. But first, before I get into that, a couple announcements. I realized I said something wrong on the last pseudo-archaeology podcast. It's small, but it's incorrect. So I will fess up to it. I think I said that I had, we were talking about my Wired interview, and I said I had like 8,000 comments or something like that. I had had 8,000 likes. The actual number of comments was slightly less than 1,000. So it wasn't 8,000 comments. It was only 1,000 comments. I only had to go through 1,000 comments. So, but, you know, in the opportunity here to be a little fair, that's, that's true. I, I said that incorrectly. And also... For the purveyors of the YouTubes, I am now turning my camera on as I do this. And honestly, I have, I'm of two minds on this. I mean, I do run my own YouTube channel and I make my YouTube videos and stuff for my students and for the general public, but I kind of like the idea of this podcast being audio only. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I have my camera on because the APN is starting a YouTube a more a heavier YouTube aspect to the channel, which I, I think is great. I think it's a really good idea that we do that. But, you know, if you're only listening to this on Apple or Spotify or something, that's okay, man. That's okay. Good for you. Because I want this to go straight into your brain through the ears. And you don't have to watch me, you know, do my little dance for the camera. You know, you don't want to see that. It's, it's depressing. So... In terms of our our theme today, logical fallacies, this is very typical if you've heard how I pick themes. Now, I was just sort of thinking about this in general, because speaking of the Wired podcast and the other comments I've gotten in the past when I talk about Graham Hancock or something, I was looking for a way to organize or to make sense of all the angry missives you know, that I get. And I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I talk about these in a more sort of scientific manner? And I'm like, Hey, logical fallacies. And as I was looking at it, looking, looking up like kind of the precise aspects of logical fallacies on Facebook, there's this group called the fraudulent archeology span wall of shame. 
And one of their major contributors is this guy, John Hoops. And John Hoops put up a logical fallacies list right as I was thinking about it. So obviously that wasn't just a accident. No, that wasn't just because people like he and I think about the same types of things a lot and would come up with similar answers or similar questions. No, 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 no. This was a sign. Of course. This was a sign from the universe. Andrew Kinkella, you must talk about logical fallacies. It was. It was like that. A voice from God. Talk about logical fallacies. Yes, I shall. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't just an accident that two people would think the same thing who look up the same types of stuff all the time. No, 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 no. It was a voice from the beyond, my friends. And you better listen. So what are logical fallacies? They're, they're actually really easy. The definition a logical fallacy is just a dodge. That's all it is. If you have a really crappy argument what you want to do is talk about something else. Politicians do this all the time. And of course, in the pseudo archaeology world, this comes up all the time because underneath it, the arguments are terrible. The arguments are laughable. They're atrocious. So the worst thing you can do if you're a pseudo archaeologist is actually argue your point. You can't do that because your point is like stupid and thin and terrible and wrong. <laughs> so instead, you make a dodge, right? You attack the person or you talk about something different or you talk about like this other idea that's kind of related, but it's not. Or you make a logically wrong jump to something else. And then you talk about that, right? It's all about taking the spotlight away from you. So it's just a tool that you use that has nothing to do with supporting your argument it's making the other guy look bad or making the audience take their focus away from this glaring hole in your argument and you just talk about something else. And while I joke about this kind of stuff, man, these things can be really, really effective, right? We've seen this again. We've seen this in famous political interactions and this kind of thing where it's just it's a ploy to get the audience on your side. So while Let's spend this time making fun of these because the examples are hilarious. In that same moment, we want to think about like, wow, what are all the times that these have been used on me where I ended up looking like an idiot, even though I was right? And also, of course, let's be honest, how many times have you done this kind of stuff on other people because you knew that your argument sucked? So I actually wrote down some stuff. As you guys know, I just sort of talk off the top of my head, but I did take some time and write down like specific logical fallacies and they have kind of names and there's like 20 of them. I have like 20 on here, maybe 25. What we'll see, we'll just go through them. Some of them are very similar and I'll try and make connections. You know, a lot of them are kind of variations on a theme. Some of them are very standalone, but we'll see common themes. And as we go through this, oh my God, you will recognize Basically, every famous pseudo-archaeology example uses one of these logical fallacy arguments in order to bolster their false claim. So, oh, I'll also 
note when some of these are more common or big ones used all the time. So let's start with the straw man argument. That is like, if we want number one with a bullet, this is probably, if not the most common logical fallacious argument, one that's right up there. And part of the reason I think it's so common is it's easy to do and effective. All you do is you listen to the first person make their argument. You take it in and then you say it again, but you totally misrepresent what they just said to make it easy to argue against. Right. So if I make a really great argument about how there's no such thing as a super civilization at the end of the Ice Age, and that's ludicrous. And I go through all of it because. It's true. There's no evidence at all that there's a super civilization before the end of the last ice age. It's moronic. But I sit there all academic and I'm like, well, yes, you know, according to all data, there was no super civilization at the end of the ice age. It's silly. All the other person has to do is say something like, well, so what you're saying is Gobekli Tepe was not complex at all. See, you see how that's done? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Right. You are, you're taking this little piece, but you're angling around and attacking me with something I never said in the first place. But it's vaguely related. Right. Go back to Tepe, a site that is very early in terms of uh, a bit more complex than you would think for the time. But it's real. But Gobekli Tepe also gives no credence to the super civilization idea. But you see how that argument makes it seem like it as a straw man, right? I've just made up a false argument kind of on the theme of what you were saying, making you look the fool, but it's based in nothing. It's something else, right? Straw mans are great. You will start to see these all the time. And a lot of times that the other person will say, oh, so what you're saying is... See, because you're not. And you're like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Shut up. You see, I'm already like angry. You're going to see a lot of anger, pain as I go through this. I mean, you guys, you know, as we go through this, again, think of your own life. I'm sure you've had this. You're like, oh, damn it. Oh, I remember when they said that. Uh," Right. Strawmans are great. Okay. In no particular order. The next one, false cause comes up a lot too. To presume that there's a relationship between two things when there's not. You know, or the idea that the relationship between the first thing caused the other thing. You know, this is one that it's real easy to slide into conversation and move on. It's also called like the correlation causation fallacy, right? The the idea that there's this line in terms of pseudo-archaeology, the idea that a comet hit and caused huge climate change. No, not necessarily. I mean... A comet could hit and be really terrible for a localized population. I don't want to be hit by a comet. But in terms of it, that there's a worldwide like correlation with that, like just because a comet hit that the whole world has now gone into an ice age or something. No, that's a false cause. You get that just because a comet hit, it could mean nothing. Just depends. So it's it's a way to also cover that you haven't done any real research. You just go, oh, yeah, well, you know, when the comet hit, I mean, everything changed. Eh, not necessarily. No, it didn't. <laughs> See, with so many of these, the actual response is really just. I see what you're doing there. No, it didn't. The truth is that has nothing to do with anything, you know, but the audience might still be on their side. 
Another one. Oh, you will see this all the time. Appeal to emotion, right? Where I've sat there in my tweed suit, you're right, my tweed jacket, just being like, and you see, and that's why there was no civilization at the end of the Ice Age. And then all the other person does is go, you know, haven't archaeologists made so many mistakes in the past? Some of the racist stuff that they did 150 years ago, that was really awful. It just, it makes me sad. You see what I mean? So all of a sudden, yeah, you just made this great argument about something, but so what? They've appealed to the emotion of the audience, you know? And you can even look cold if you're like, look, that doesn't matter right now. What matters is the argument at hand. They go, oh, I can't believe you would say that doesn't matter. Terrible archaeologist, right? It's always about facts, not feelings, but the audience may disagree. You can win the argument like logically, but have everyone hate you. <laughs> As I go through this, I want to mention this one early. There's also one called the fallacy fallacy. And I love this one. And we want to hold this one tight. This is the idea that just because someone makes a horrible argument, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. So in in our world, in the world, like my world of pseudo-archaeology, trying trying to like take down some of these arguments, we can't be so nerdy and so far down the rabbit hole. That we just go like with that we're waiting for the like logical fallacy, and then we go oh, logical fallacy, you lose. No, right? We have to be like take sort of a step back because then it's just annoying. You don't want just to be some annoying loser who's constantly just going like, oh, but you see, there's a logical fallacy, and like, no, 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 no. Right? You want to look at the bigger picture, take in what they're saying, listen. A lot of times, you can be. To up your own ass because you're not listening to what the other person says, even though they're full of it, right? You want to sort of take it in and see a process and then and then hit back. So just because you're hearing a terrible argument, it could be true. Like somebody could make a terrible argument for the age of the earth. Like, oh, well, the earth is 4.6 billion years old. And that's because... Well, the aliens were really active 4.6 billion years ago. See, that's a terrible argument. It has nothing to do with reality, but the Earth is 4.6 billion years old. So when we come back, more of the fun and the pain of logical fallacies. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome back to the Pseudo-Archaeology Podcast, episode 124. I am still your host, Dr. Andrew Kinkella, and we are talking about logical fallacies, which are fun and funny. And, um, ooh, I got a lot more of them. Let's just go onward with the slippery slope. That's right. You know, if we allow this to happen, it's not long before the other thing's going to happen. See, that's another logical fallacy. Just because you allow this. Oh, it's going to fall all. We're going to devolve into chaos, dude. This is where it's like, look, look, if you allow archaeologists to say that the Olmec heads have nothing to do with Africa. Well, how long is it before they can just say whatever they want and the media goes along with them? Exactly. We have to stop these archaeologists now. See what I mean? So it's, not, it's effective. We can just we can laugh at these, but we must respect them. Know what I'm saying? They work. So next, here's another one. This is probably top two or three along like straw man's way up there. Ad hominem. A terrible name. I hate it when they use like, you know, Latin or whatever. It it sounds just bringing this up. You sound like a complete dick. You know what I mean? Well, I see that you've just done an ad hominem argument and really you need a little more e pluribus unum to make it make more sense. Like as soon as you say that, you're like, oh, you sound like the biggest tool. But horrible name aside, that is just a character attack. That's all it is. This is used all the time. You know, you end up with your great argument about how the Piri Reese map does not show Antarctica and then they go, you don't know, you so-called professor. What do you know? I've gotten that one so many times. You probably heard me say that one before. I've gotten the, uh, oh, oh, they, it's even a sort of a backwards character attack where they go, I respect you, but. And then they just talk about what a, what a horrible person you are. And, you know, archaeologists are so cruel. They're so cruel. This is Graham Hancock uses this one. He uses like an he uses this funky like. Like almost like a reverse character attack before the entire show all the time. Talks about how terrible archaeologists are, how they're horrible people. They're just out to attack him. Right. It's like the setup. It's like the it's like the pre argument. Character attack. Oh, I got one recently that started with I swear to God, you guys. Quote, first off, you're a jerk. Okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with that one. So this one's real obvious, real easy. I would say the only downside of an of a character attack is just that it's so obvious. Sometimes it can backfire. You know, you can look like a like just a a total asshole if you uh, start this. I, we, I think we've all seen examples of that. So this one is playing with fire, but it can work. You know, archaeologists are just bad. They, they don't know. What do they know? What do they know? What do you think your degree matters? Your degree ma- what do you know? You have no thanks. You know, you get that all the time. Oh, speaking in, in the bad name world, there's another one that's called like Tu Coque. T 
terrible name. What what that means is you answer a criticism with another criticism, and to in, instead of taking it in and answering the attack, this one happens all the time. I would say this is a really close cousin to the red herring. You know where you just give a completely different story that has nothing to do with anything. So red herrings, this we hear this all the time. I had an example of this happen with one of my neighbors, like like lived a ways down. One of their kids was like messing with our drive. They were just like messing up the like front of our house, like our driveway and our grass and stuff. And I, this is not the old man get off my grass. This is like this kid's literally like tearing stuff out. And, you know, so I had to talk to the parents and the, the grandfather was there. And I talked, I'm like, Hey, look, you're, you know, your grandson's doing this. Look, I'm not here to say this is a big deal, but you know, if you can just have him, you know, just tell him not to pull out all our flowers from our front lawn. That would be cool. You know, I was very cool about it. But he, and then he goes, he's like, yeah, yeah, I will. But let's talk about how you drive too fast down this street. A classic criticism with criticism, right? And uh, what's funny in all of this, too, is I don't drive too fast. He thought I was somebody else, I guess. I'm actually a very grandma-ish driver. But a perfect example, you know? Oh, but what about... These always will start with that, you know? Where the straw man argument starts with, well, what you're saying is... No, I'm not. This one starts with, but what about? Oh, but what about? Right. To get you away from the fact that I just made a really great argument about your baseless claim works well, especially for really loud. You know, you just come in and attack the person. So answer a criticism with an attack. Oh, here's here's one that's sneaky and weird. And you guys might have experienced this one before. Personal incredulity. What this is, is since you're telling me something and since I don't understand it, 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 it can't be true. And all I do is I just keep going. That doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's very narcissistic in the way it's done. Right. I'm telling you, well, you see, it happens like this. Here's step one. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. like the fact that you don't get it means that it just is not true. How narcissistic, how self-centered, right? I totally has had this experience when there's this local newspaper and you have the village idiot who was writing in about how evolution wasn't true. And he wrote several articles about how evolution wasn't true. And I finally, I responded in the local paper and I wrote a very nice, very, you've heard me talk about this before, you guys, about just being cool talking about people like this. And I'm like, hey, look, evolution actually works like this. I wrote a little paragraph. It was very like straightforward. I'm like, for human beings, well, there were earlier forms like Australopithecines. They changed over time over the last million years, longer legs, bigger brains, right? And I just gave it, it was very short, very brief, perfect. Any fool could understand. But of course he was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So that is a common one. You, you just don't make sense. like. Well, I can't help you. I'll go on to the rest of the world who gets what I'm talking about because it's totally obvious. You see, I'm already getting angry. There's another big one. There's so many big ones. So many of these. One that's called special pleading. It's this is you can also just call this moves the goalposts. This is where you move the goalposts or you make up a like a special exam exception. You know, if you're proven wrong, I can think of two off the top of my head. When the 
Shroud of Turin was dated using carbon 14 and it showed like a hundred percent that the Shroud of Turin was a fraud made like a thousand years too late after they had given the piece of the shroud to be dated. And after it was shown to be a fraud, they backtrack and said, Oh, the piece we gave you was a later piece for the shroud that had been sewn in a thousand years later. What a crack of BS, right? Special, the goalpost moved. Oh, we're, we're so sure that the shroud of Turin is going to date to the time of Jesus that we're just going to give you a piece. That's how sure we are. And the scientists come back. They're like, dude, you're wrong. They're like, Oh, we gave you the wrong piece. And then, of course, if the scientists are like, well, can we have another piece? No, no. This is a holy relic. Can't be doing that anymore. Right. Just a stupid dodge. The other one, unfortunately, is the Saruti Mastodon site. You've heard me before say that I feel bad because he's a real archaeologist. They're just going way too far saying that this Mastodon's like uh, or saying that human beings were in California 120,000 years ago. They got like no evidence. Their evidence is terrible. When it was pointed out that the what they were saying were tools that were there to butcher the mastodon where these tools were like really basic and didn't even make sense. Let's like say it was 120,000 years old and human beings actually were there. Those human beings would have had way better tools than the ones that were there. Cause these were just basic stones. They, they weren't tools. They were just broken rocks, but you know, they were saying there were tools instead of taking that argument and saying, yeah, you have a good point. Human beings of 120,000 years ago would have had really good stone tools. Instead, they moved the goalposts and said, this is obvious proof that the humans that did this 120,000 years ago were a totally different species of human that we have yet to find. What a horrible, stupid argument. I'm sorry. I, w- I wish them well, but good Christ. <laughs> oh, um, oh. <laughs> Moving on. Here's, here's one that's like a little, sometimes this is just a little pick me up, a little intro question. You'll have the loaded question where it's a question that's full of poison, where it's like not really a question. It's just an attack. You know, like, like for me, I get stuff like, well, how do you, as a Mayanist, know anything about peopling of the new world? You see how it's, you, you'll say that at first. You'll like, you'll, you'll set up the question with this, like, you're stupid. So anyway, here's my question to you, even though you don't know, right? You do that. Another one I've gotten, you know, well, you work at a community college, right? Oh, so anyway, um, what do you think about peopling of the new world? Right. So you, you see, you're 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 eroding the person's believability right up front. Do that kind of stuff. God, loaded question. Loaded question is kind of jerky. And actually, a lot of times people will see that one. But the next one, this is another one that comes all the time in pseudo-archaeology, burden of proof. The logical fallacy here is that I say something completely baseless and silly, but then I say, well, it's up to you. You need to prove me wrong. You just need to prove me wrong. Look, we need to have open minds. You just need to prove me wrong. Happens all the time where people will say, oh, well, it needs further study. No, it doesn't. Baseless silliness. Some of the dumbest stuff like Stones of Atlantis, those are natural. The end. Well, you need to prove they're not natural. Well, it's already been done 50 times, but also I don't because look at them. They're, it's like they're natural. It's been proven. It's geological. We're done. 
oh no, but that needs further study. No, the burden of proof is not on me. The burden of proof is on you to show some sort of human interaction with those, not just the stones are square. You know, it's up to you. You brought it up. See, it's a, it's a flip, you know, of, well, it's up to you now. Aren't you the archaeologist? Yeah, but you're the pseudo-archaeologist just babbling <laughs> and wasting my time. Oh, so many of these I have, you guys. So many. See, it's just, it's, this is a, it's like a therapy session for me. I'm just, I'm just ranting and then you take in my pain. The ambiguity one where you put an argument forward and then the other side, they weasel out of it with saying that, like using a different meaning for the word you said. And everyone knows you didn't mean that, but they use that to, to like weasel out. Best example I've seen with this is the word theory. And when people say, well, it's only a theory. Evolution is only a theory. This is a perfect ambiguity example because the word theory every day for you and me can just mean like a guess, you know, on the street. Like we're talking about, oh, well, well I have a theory that this, 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 this. It's, it's like light. It's just a guess. But theory in science, like theory of evolution, is an explanation. So a theory in science is heavy and tough and been there a long time and people have attacked it and it stood the test of time, right? So it's not the idea of something being just a theory. That is, a, that is using the ambiguity logical fallacy. You're using the wrong definition of the word theory, you know, and it just it makes you look like a tool. That one, you know, well, evolution's only a theory. No, it's a scientific theory that's been around for 150 years and explains it's the cornerstone of biology. But yeah, barring that, call me when you have trouble with that. Another one that comes up is called the gambler's fallacy. This is when you see runs that aren't there, you know, it's like, oh, my God, the um, and it can go both ways. The roulette wheel has hit black five times. It's a run. I'm going to put my money on black. It's got to be uh, six, sweet number six. On the flip side, you'll go, the roulette wheel has hit black five times. It's got to be red the next time. This is insane. No, both those statements are wrong. Each time it's the 50-50. You know what I mean? Each time. So this is something that we as humans, I think, kind of naturally do sometimes. and. We want to try not to do this. I think we'll, we'll give pseudo-archaeology a rest here for a moment and just say in regular archaeology, sometimes you'll see this like, well, we've opened five units. The first four had nothing. So the fifth one has got to have something. No, it don't got to. Each one is independent. You know, it's, it's you're rolling the dice every time. There's You're not like getting some sort of universal mojo on your side as time goes on it's a new setup each time so that's something we you know fall for all the time just in our everyday everyday lives and uh, another one here they, I, i'm sure you guys have seen this one too this happens all the time this, this is related to pulling at the emotional strings the bandwagon logical fallacy where dude everyone's doing it so you're you're not appealing to emotion as much as you're appealing to popularity. Well, everyone says, you know, 50% of people believe in an Atlantis. So I guess you better get on that. You know, 80% of people believe in ghosts. So I don't know what you're doing saying there aren't any. You see, you see what that, I mean, it doesn't matter what people believe. 
it's what can you prove scientifically? What does your argument say, right? So what if 100 people believe? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. In Atlantis. There's no Atlantis. And with that bit of happiness, I'll see you guys on the flip side in a moment. Hello and welcome back to the Pseudo Archaeology Podcast, episode 124. Can you believe it? I think this is like 30 or so episodes for me. Man, I work for you people. I work and I toil. And we are talking about logical fallacies. And I've just been going down the list that I made and I kind of, you know, made little edits to it. And I tried to think of pseudo archaeology examples for just about all of them. We are down to the last several. There's a, there's a couple stars of the show still to come. Including this one right here. Oh, God. Logical fallacy of appeal to authority. And there's a flip side of this one, too, that's been used more and more recently in pseudo-archaeology. This idea that authorities are automatically right, right? Well, you know, one geologist said that the Earth is only 6,000 years old. Yeah, and he's a geologist. Well, he's full of it. You know, you can always find some fringe person to kind of say something, but... And they will use that one example, be like, oh, well, this authority says it. And of course, you know, oil companies can use that to, you know, drill in places where they shouldn't. Well, the one biologist said that those birds are not endangered. You know, that's this. So this false appeal to authority, you'll find a fringe person to say it. On the flip side, though, what you see so often in pseudo archaeology is like this reverse. It's like appeal to the underdog that authority is wrong right? Authority is bad. They don't know what they're doing. They are big archaeology, right? They're, they're part of the system, man. Really interesting and dangerous change, you know, in our culture where it's like, oh, authority is always wrong because they're, they lie to you. They don't tell you the truth. So I see much more a flip of this. The idea that because I'm an archaeologist with a PhD and that kind of stuff, that is immediately a bad thing because I'm locked in the box, right? There's just another archaeologist trying to save his career. I get that one all the time. Oh, I guess you just doing this for your career. (laughs) It's not, it has nothing to do with it. You know, it's, it's sad, but, but, those arguments can work. See, that's the thing. Of course, there's no such thing as big. I love the idea of big archaeology. It's like hilarious. I want a t-shirt that says like minion of big archaeology. That would be hilarious, but it's sad at the same time because those arguments work, you guys. You know, Graham Hancock does that one all the time, right? Oh, uh, just, just another cog in the machine who doesn't think beyond his academic hovel. You know, another logical fallacy of this is this is related to some of the others, but like 
if one part is true, it must be applied to all the other parts. Or if there's some statement about the whole of an argument that it applies to every single bit of it, we, we could say something like, you know, for ancient astronauts, since the hands are placed like some like an astronaut in the Apollo capsule, well, that whole thing is an image of an astronaut. You see how I've just used this one thing and it's tenuous and crappy too. Well, the hands of Pakal on his sarcophagus lid, the carving's just like an ancient astronaut. It's just like a modern astronaut. So obviously the whole thing is that's an ancient astronaut right there that you see. You know, you disregard all the other stuff. It's just the one little piece. Silly. This other one has a terrible name. No true Scotsman. It's another one of those terrible names, but all this is is a purity play related to some of the others, of course, that where it's like, you'll hear this. No real archaeologist would say what you say. You're not a real archaeologist because no real archaeologist would. Yeah, I, oh, I've gotten that one so many times, you guys. It's just ignorant, you know, like you don't know what a real archaeologist does. And on top of it, I am a real archaeologist. I'm as real as you can get, you know. Or I've even got this one. So weird. 99% of archaeologists disagree with you. I'm like, that makes no sense whatsoever. But they'll put that on there, you know, and it just, you see how it could work. It could put me on, a, on my back foot, if, especially if they go first. Well, you know, Kinkella, I mean, let's all be honest. 99% of archaeologists disagree with you. No, they don't. But, I, but then I have to, uh, then I have to, okay, I have to go, actually, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. And I'm already on my back foot. Right. I've already been punched. There's another one called the genetic argument where an idea is good or bad, just purely based on where it's from. Just turn your brain off and go with it. Graham Hancock has a million people who do this. Whatever he says, they go with in the pseudo archaeology world. I've gotten this again and again and again, where they'll be like, they, they take his whole argument. They don't even listen to me. It's like pointless what I say almost. It's like, oh, well, we know that, I mean, there's a super civilization that was here before the last ice age, right? They just start with that. And it's just because they believe every single thing that's on like ancient apocalypse. You know, it's, it's the genetic argument. And whatever I say is bad. Whatever I say is big archaeology, just where it's come from, you know? And unfortunately, this bleeds out to our current culture. We've seen this. We have these two silos, you know? Either you're in the Democrat silo or you're in the Republican silo. It's genetic. And whatever they say, whatever they say on Fox News is right. Whatever they say on CNN is right. Right. And it's the worst way to be. I swear, you guys, I feel like I just roam a field somewhere because I don't feel a kinship with either of the silos. It's a good way to be. It's terrible just to believe something based on where it comes from and not turning your brain on. In a, in a bit of a relationship to that, there's also the black or white argument, also known as the false dilemma, where it's like you don't you don't deal with any shades of gray, right? It's just, hey, look, the age of the Earth is either four point six billion years or six thousand years. The end. You know, like there's just this like black and white. There's no there's no room to talk. There's no room to explain. There's no room to sort of talk in a gray area about, well, in this case, it's like this. But over here, it's more like this. You know, well, the pyramids in Egypt are actually built in this manner. And then the pyramids in the Maya world are actually built in a very different manner. And then they'll go, so what you're saying is there's a verse, there's some like straw men arguments in here. You'll start to see you guys, if you think 
that some of these arguments will have follow-ups of other logical fallacies. So black or white, they'll be like, you know, look, all the pyramids are related. It's obvious, you know, and, and then, and then they can go, what you're saying they're not and where the truth is, look, Egyptian and Maya pyramids are not related at all, but Maya pyramids and pyramids in central Mexico, they do have a certain relationship, but you see, that's the true shade of gray answer, but then they can follow up. And so what you're saying is there's no relationship between any of these pyramids ever. See, it's like a double, it's like a one, two punch. Oh, begging the question. This is, this is another w- way of saying a circular argument. So the logical fallacy of the conclusion in the premise I do this all the time, you guys, when I joke about my film degree. Now, it's true that I do have a film degree, but whenever we're talking about like Indiana Jones movies or whatever, I will I'll say like, so, you know, since I have a film degree, whatever I say is correct in terms of the Indiana Jones movie. Right. That's a, it's like a circular argument. Right. So there's no room for our it's there's there's no room to get into the conversation. I'm like talking to myself. So whatever I say is right, because I mean, I have a, a film degree. And whatever you say is just not right. I mean, I just know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it just goes on forever. It's like, oh, um, so how do you know about this movie? Well, I have a film degree, you know? Oh, so why should you, we listen to you? Because yeah, uh, I have a film degree. <laughs> it's just like, la, 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 right? Like forever. This is another one that I find this one doesn't work too well. A lot of times it's kind of hilarious and sad to watch somebody really do this. Because you can actually really dig yourself a grave if you just do this circular argument thing. I think people a lot of times can kind of call this one out and note it. That's why I use it for comic effect. Cause it's funny. Oh, here's one that's sneaky all the time. The appeal to nature. Hey, look, it's just how it is. You know, I mean, look, and, and it's only natural. This is right. Right. Cause it's only natural that this is right. I mean, look, don't you see the stones of Atlantis, Aren't those just naturally square? I mean, there and and in terms of natural, what I mean by that is human beings must have done. They just must have, because that's that's not nature, actually. Just look at them, <laughs> right? It's just uh, uh, no, right? No, nature can make angular things too, right? We can use any any of them. Let's think of some other ones. I, I've I've oh face face on Mars, face on Mars. Well, look, I mean. Looks like a face to me. Doesn't look like a face to you. Uh, it's obviously a face. <laughs> Come on. Enough. Why are you so, so small minded? Right. This appeal. To, it's just the natural way of things. Come on. Don't buck the system. <laughs> and then uh, this is another one where you can do the uh, follow up with a good little straw man. Oh, so what you're saying is that there's no possibility of any life on Mars ever. You know, don't you get angry? And, oh, anecdotal of uh, personal experience, you know? Look, I had an archaeology professor one time who did say that there was a little bit of evidence for Atlantis. See? Oh, I see that your sample size is one. <laughs> but it can work. Personal experience can go a long way, right? But it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with a real data set or something like that. It can be one point as long as you have, let me get a hundred other people's personal experience. <laughs> and personal experience itself, we all know, you know, courtroom it has it has its own problems. Anecdotal evidence is terrible. There's one. Speaking of our bad names, there's the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. This is cherry picking. That's all this is. 
I prefer the name cherry picking or you know, false cause. We've seen this a million and one times. We'll we'll take this evidence, but not all the other evidence that shows you're wrong, right? We can we can pick any of them that that are like that, you know. Atlantis. Oh well, you know, there's a volcanic eruption. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't show all the other evidence that shows this does this thing as Atlantis. All the other non-evidence moments. Kiwi Reese map. Well, there is a part at the bottom where it could be Antarctica. Yeah, but all the evidence that shows that it's naturally, it's just a curvature of South America. It's way better evidence. You, you just, you just cherry pick used all the time in pseudo-archaeology, right? You just, you just, you just pick what works for you. Just pick what works. Uh, oh, on, on the um, cherry picking side, you can, you can go two ways with that too. You have the, what's called the hasty generalization you know, conclusion based on like no facts or the slot, the flip side, the slothful induction the, where you don't acknowledge the overwhelming facts that this is stuff like, I think this would be more of a hasty generalization when you get that um, for the complex civilization at the end of the last ice age, the evidence is everywhere. No, it's not. You know, it's just, that's just sort of, you know, however you want to argue, it's just this hasty generalization just based on BS nothing. I love the word slothful and slothful induction. It's like, yeah, you are lazy, you know, and you're just lazy and allowing yourself. It's like allowed ignorance, you know, where you just don't acknowledge where it's like, well, the facts are against you, friend. No, they're not. I don't understand. You see how it re- relates into some of these other logical fallacies? I just don't get it. Oh, oh God. Oh, here's one. Here's one that will like burn your biscuit, dude. The middle ground fallacy, where if I bring up something that's 100% true, right? The Pee Rees map does not show Antarctica. 100% true. And then the other side goes, well, I think it does show Antarctica. So we'll meet in the middle. We'll agree to disagree. No, it's not 50-50. You see, it gives credence to total bullshit arguments, right? We're, oh, we'll meet in the middle. Oh, look, Kinkella, you're such a curmudgeon. Such an angry old man. You need to meet in the middle. This is the one, this middle ground thing. This is why I will never take a pseudo-archaeology argument and go, well, maybe is the worst thing you can do as a professional, right? Well, there could have been an Atlantis. So the super civilization, well, you know, the Antikythera mechanism could have been a very advanced device that uh, more advanced than modern computers. No, it's not right. We have to stick to our facts. We need to know like that, that we are on the side of the right because it's obvious there is facts and fiction here, my friends. That is all it is. Right. And I think the real downside in all of this, you know, when we're dealing with pseudo-archaeology, is so much of it, it's actually not even every day where they can get to the point of having a decent uh, logical fallacy because their arguments are so stupid to begin with. They're just 100% fake, right? If you have something that's 100% made up, it's just this like red herring trail of worthlessness from the beginning. But as I said at the beginning, us as professional archaeologists or people in general public who want to make a good argument because Uncle Frank is spouting his BS again. You know, you can 
be aware of these arguments. And once you hear all these, you're like, oh my God. You know, you realize how many times you've been party to these, how many times people have used these on me, how many times like in a social situation, somebody has made you look bad, had used that sort of like some sort of appeal to that you, an ad hominem attack. And sometimes they're subtle, right? And an attack on your character to sort of angle away from the fact that you were right. You know, how many times, how many high school bullies learn this stuff, you know? So with that, I hope you learned a little. I hope you can now defend yourself and go out in the world and conquer my friends. And with that, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Pseudo Archaeology Podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you like and subscribe. And if you have questions for me, Dr. Andrew Kinkella, feel free to reach out using the links below or go to my YouTube channel, Kinkella Teaches Archaeology. See you guys next time. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.